0: Welcome. I wanted to take some time to share with those of you who are interested my personal experience and journey with integrative restoration. I won't spend a lot of time editing ums and and pauses or mistakes out of this recording just so that it sort of feels like an open narrative as if I were talking with you. In October of 2015, I suffered the second dramatic brain injury um, in less than six months um, apart from one another. And that second brain injury had a lot more symptoms and effects that were debilitating as compared to the first one. I was having a really hard time sleeping. I had intense light sensitivity. I could hear every individual noise without being able to filter them out. I had constant ringing in my ears, and I had a lot of trouble getting um, a hold of my thoughts. They would just run away, and uh, I was full of conspiracy theories and very much not myself. As we went a few weeks uh, trying to do treatment And me having some very strong reactions against the medications that I was taking, we were at a place of of kind of desperation. And in fact, there were some times where um, I was contemplating just trying to end it all uh, to make just everything go away because it felt like I couldn't get away from all of these symptoms because they were in me. And there was no place that I seemed to be able to find where I could experience any sort of peace Um, or just um, where I could experience any rest from those symptoms. And they seemed to be clawing at me all the time. And I felt really like a kind of a trapped animal And I began to experience sort of rage and anger, emotional outbursts. And I was a real, from the outside, I was a real mess. And from the inside, I felt like a real mess. So my neurologist recommended that I go to the concussion clinic at St. Luke's. And it was there that I met a woman. She was an occupational therapist who was doing something called integrative restoration or irest rest. I had no idea what this was. I know that I had spent some time at the concussion clinic and we had done different tests and I was having lots of trouble with short term memory and I was performing very badly on all of these tests and I only seemed to be more anxious and upset that I wasn't getting better every time I left the clinic. When I met Barbara the first time It was on a, it was in a morning. Uh, I couldn't drive. I couldn't ride a bike. The only thing I could do at that time, I couldn't ride in a car. The only thing I could do at that time was walk. So I walked from my house to the concussion clinic, uh, which is down on Fort street and went up to the room and I had on a very, a, a hat with a huge brim on it. And I had dark sunglasses on and, um, I was just kind of hiding, trying to hide from, the world but I couldn't get away from the world and I was very upset I hadn't slept for many days and I was so irritable and I remember sitting in the room with Barb and she ha- asked me if I wanted to lie down on this little table that you could lie down on to do I rest and she started to kind of tell me about it and I remember lying down on it and I was just so uncomfortable remember like the linens on the bed, every, we just really irritating my skin. And I was just, you know, I was just convinced this is not going to work. I'm so uncomfortable. So she said, well, it's okay. What if you would feel more comfortable, would you like to sit in the chair? I said, okay, I'll sit in the chair. And I remember as she sort of gave me some information about eye rest, and I don't remember any of that. Um, what I do remember about that session is, that the ringing was so loud that day and the lights were so impossible to filter out that, uh, I was fairly despondent and I was really not like myself. And Barb asked me to, you know, close my eyes if I wanted to close my eyes and to, um, know that this is a safe place and that, um, it was uh, to focus that the chair was holding my weight up. All these things that are designed to get our our fight and flight responses out of the way, so that our um, the part of our brain that can actually process and not just survive can become involved in in this experience. And I just remember saying, "I I I don't feel." comfortable. I can hear every noise. I can hear the receptionist talking on the phone. I can hear the clock ticking. The light is driving me crazy, even with my eyes closed. And I, I was really giving her a hard time, not intentionally, but just that's where I was at. And I remember what I remember of that session that was the beginning of changing everything for me was when she said, I would like you to focus on that ringing that you just mentioned if you could what does it sound like where is that ringing at my first was, I was thinking it's everywhere and and I tensed up and she asked me just to sort of spend some time like where is that ringing what does it sound like what are the other things that I can hear I had been trying to avoid hearing all these other things and she asked me to allow myself to hear all of the different noises. Then she said, "Imagine what if is it possible that there's a place in your body where there isn't noise." And I will never forget that my the inside of my left arm, where our arms bend at the elbow, the inside in that place, something felt very still there. And she said, if there's a place like that where there's stillness, where there isn't so much noise, go to that place. What is it like? What does it feel like? Allow yourself just to feel that space. And it, I I know my body just relaxed as she said that, as I found that spot. And though I didn't have the words for it, it was the first time I felt peace and hope um, since the concussion. And then she asked me to go back to the noisy part. And what is that like? Feel that. Welcome those messengers that are coming, the noise that is coming. Then back to this place that is still. And I think we went back two or three times. I don't remember exactly. But then she asked me to do something. She asked me to see if I could focus on both of those places, the noisy place and that place at rest at the same time. And as I did, I remember this feeling of, of calm and not utter silence, but... Uh, the sense of quieting down come over my entire body. And I began to sort of relax into the chair as I tried to focus on both of these things at the same time. And something began to reintegrate. I became aware of the power of our bodies to be integrated in that moment. I didn't know those words. I just knew that I felt better. I just knew that on the walk home that day, I felt like things might change and that if I continued to do this work, the discipline of engaging in whatever that was that I experienced with Barb, that even if these things didn't go away, those symptoms were not all that I was and that I didn't have to make them go, to go away to live a full life and a peaceful life. I can't explain how significant that experience and that walk home was, except to say that, and I get emotional when I talk about it, it saved my life. Uh, There were some days afterwards, not like everything changed immediately, but there were a few nights where I woke up and just couldn't sleep anymore. The ringing seemed intense, and I just was filled with like an inner rage, and if you've seen the movie Concussion, there are some scenes where that level of craziness and rage is depicted, and that's how I felt. And I, I had dreams of, or fantasies of taking an axe and just chopping up our garage, just destroying something, um, and really scared me. And and, and, and I, I wanted it to stop. I wanted the ringing to stop. I wanted the sleeplessness to stop wanted the craziness to stop. And I was afraid I was going to hurt somebody. And there were moments where, um, I really seriously was considering trying to make it stop for good. And it was in those moments where that experience with Barb came back and I was able to find a place within that wasn't full of rage, where there was peace that wasn't ringing and in that simple exercise to go back and forth between those two places, felt a sense of ease and calm come over me that brought with it hope that even in what was my worst moment in my life, I experienced fullness right alongside of that worst moment. And it saved my life. Since then, um, I spent many, many days, with uh with barb well it felt like many many days maybe i i saw her six or eight times uh, after that each week for a couple months and we would go through these sessions and she would lead me through the different elements of integrative restoration and as i began to understand them began to long to know more and so i enrolled in a level one training for integrative restoration that was taught by the founder of iREST, Richard Miller, and that was in Palos Verdes in California. And I drove down in April and went through the five-day intensive training to become a level one trainer. And it was there that I began to learn a lot more about integrative restoration and The power that uh, we have within us, the unlimited peace, the unlimited sense of being that we have, if we will spend the time and be diligent to learn how to listen to these bodies that we're in. And after that experience, my healing really accelerated To this day, I still suffer from some symptoms. Ringing is still very loud. Right now, I'm recording this with headphones on, and the ringing is much more intense with headphones. So I'm constantly using techniques from integrative restoration when I do something like this to be able to uh, help me stay in the moment and not be overwhelmed by that symptom, but to see that symptom is sort of integrated into the larger part of me that is always whole, that is always Uh, at peace, and that is unchangeable. And there's something very powerful in this process. It's not a a mystic process or mystical process. It's not, uh, they're not parlor tricks. It's simply a way of learning how to listen to our bodies, our minds, our emotions, our spirits in ways that inform us. Which is why, as a result of my experience, I don't prescribe at this point in our prototype a way that you have to do integrative restoration. Some of you may really want to start with a 35-minute session and go from there, as I did. That's how I was introduced, was into really more of a full session. Others may very much benefit from going through the practices in sequential order. Um, Others may benefit from sort of cherry picking as you go along. What is really critical is that you just jump in. It almost doesn't matter where you jump in because these things are cyclical and they're all connected. As you experience one, even if you don't know it, you're very likely activating these other tools as we call them in iRest. So what are those tools? They've been broken down into 10 tools the 10 tools of IRS are affirming your heartfelt mission, which is really like your inner compass of core values that provide purpose and meaning to your life. Um, so discovering and affirming your heartfelt mission is what really helps you get out of bed each morning. It keeps you moving forward through your day so that you can attain your life's purpose, no matter what my heartfelt mission, um, it became very clear very early that i am a healer that was i was in the midst of being very broken and feeling very sick when my heartfelt mission came to the forefront that i am a healer the second part of my heartfelt mission that is always with me is that i am a peacemaker and that that peacemaking begins within and then it spreads as i make peace within and I, as I experience the peace that already is within, is a better way to say it. We don't have to manufacture it. As I experience that peace, I share that peace naturally with the people and the organizations and organisms that I am around. So that's that first step, that first tool, your heartfelt mission. I didn't have a heartfelt mission the day that I went into Barb. I did experience some radical uh, symptom relief that hit a core that was very connected to my heartfelt mission. The second tool is affirming your intention. Intentions are simply like statements of fact and actions that are these guiding forces in our life. And so each session, Barb would have me set an intention. And so one of the intentions was I will remain active and alert in this I rest session, your intention may be something else. The intentions change. Our heartfelt missions often stay similar, although they may change as well. The third is affirming your inner resource. Inner resource is this inner refuge of constant stability or safety and well-being. And it's what enables us to weather all difficulties. And this one is very closely related to, for myself, to heartfelt mission, uh, that this inner resource is really this place of what I now understand to be something that we call awareness, that there is a, there's a space in which all things come in and out of our awareness. And that's a sort of state of being that we are always being. And in this state of awareness, emotions come, feelings come, And they ebb and they flow, but there is an unchanging awareness that does not change. And I've come to hold on to that inner resource. People from different faiths will call that inner resource that I'm describing by different names, and you may have your own name for it. What matters is that it is this sort of universal place within each one of us that when we are able to hear it and listen to it and nurture Our ability to stay in awareness, life just stops coming at us in a way that we refuse and are conflictual with life, and rather we're able to live at peace with life and are able to make more informed and better decisions in the moment based on what life is bringing or not bringing. The fourth tool is practicing body sensing. This will be one of the most practical tools that you experience, and it's often, I think, My opinion is that for many of you, it will be one of the the ways that I rest makes the most sense and body sensing is what Barb had me do on that first day. I think she had me do a full session. What I remember was the body sensing physical in nature. was able to find that place in my head of what felt like my whole body where the ringing was and also able to sense that there was in this spot of my arm, a place of peace. Body sensing within integrative restoration always starts in the jaw or the mouth area. And as you experience in practice eight and practice nine, as you begin to just notice your jaw and the insides of your mouth, the roof of your mouth, the sides of the inside of your mouth, as you simply focus on it and notice it and are able to feel it, you'll notice a sensation of relaxation that will spread not only from your jaw, but all the way through your body. That's a place to start in body sensing. Well, there'll be many practices that we spend that will be focused on helping you listen to your body again, because many of us have forgotten how to sense our bodies. The fifth tool, is called practicing breath sensing. And so practicing, bre- practicing excuse me, practicing breath sensing is like body sensing, something that is very easy to access. And it's readily available for every person who is alive today. Because we're taking breaths always. Your healing, your peace, your fullness, your wholeness is as close as your next breath. And as you experience being with your breath, there is no way to be with your breath and not be in the present moment. And as we're in the present moment and we experience the present moment and welcome what the present moment brings, you'll find that you have everything that you need to respond to that moment. It's not about going away or hiding or denying reality. It's actually about living in reality and responding to that reality out of a place of wholeness, and a place of peace, rather than reacting. So, breath sensing further enhances deep relaxation and well-being. And it does that through what are very easy to learn and easy to practice breathing patterns. Also allows you to connect to the natural healing forces that are in every one of us. That are within every one of our bodies. Within every one of our minds, and they're as close as our breath. That's why so much has been made and so many books and are being published and there are so many bod- podcasts right now about breath sensing and body sensing, mindfulness because they're very easy to connect to. The sixth tool is a tool that Barb also used welcoming opposites of feeling and emotion. She had me welcome opposites of feeling. I was so programmed to think I have to make this noise go away. I was only focusing on that. She helped me find the opposite using tentative language. Could it be that there is a place where there isn't any noise? And we found that opposite and welcoming both opposites rather than resisting one. When we resist one opposite, we're living in a world that doesn't exist. We're living divided lives, dual lives. Are we're not designed, we're not created as a, as a creature. We're not an organism who can live a divided life and live fully. Learning how to welcome opposites helps us live out of wholeness, helps us stop rejecting and it helps us, stop, it helps us start to accept and welcome and then experience the wholeness that that brings. Both feelings, physical sensations, and emotions. The seventh tool is welcoming opposites of thought. Learning to welcome opposites of thought teaches us how to respond to negative and positive thoughts, images, and memories so that we feel empowered and in control of our lives. The eighth tool, welcoming joy and well-being. We've talked a little bit about this, or I've talked a little bit about this already. It's the idea that joy and well-being are already there. And what integrative restoration will help us do is learn better because we all do this probably to some extent already how to access that power of joy, well-being and inner peace in every moment of our lives, no matter what the circumstance that I believe is the real power of this process is that it connects us to something within all of us that we all have as sort of our birthright that we come into this world with something that doesn't change no matter how much everything else around us changes the ninth tool is experiencing being awareness in this at this part of the irest we learn how to sort of take a step back and observe our thoughts emotions and circumstances from a broader viewpoint so this is kind of like stepping aside and noticing what you're noticing noticing what you're feeling, noticing what it is that you're doing and being able to step back and notice that these things are coming into awareness. And I've talked about this as part of my experience as well. It's a very important part of my inner resource is this this sort of being awareness. So experiencing this being awareness that we always are enables us to understand and experience our wholeness with all of life it may seem kind of mystical. It may seem kind of ethereal. It is absolutely practical and absolutely powerful. And also something that all of us have. Um, we all have this space and it is the space. What a, The best description I ever heard. Well, I haven't been doing this very long. One of the descriptions that I heard that are really appreciated is this idea of thinking of awareness as the sky. And as things come in and out of the sky, They simply make their mark or don't make their mark. They travel through and then they're gone. A cloud, a bird, whatever it is. That's sort of the way awareness is. That within us, there is this unchanging awareness. Feelings come, feelings go. Emotions come, emotions go. Thoughts come, thoughts go. Those things are transient in nature. And if you doubt that, Think about what you were worrying about last Wednesday. Can you even remember? At the point at the at that point in time it probably felt like something so important it may have really been drawing you down, your immune system suffering for it. You were taking short breaths, your jaw was clenched, you you were angry with your spouse or your children or a parent or the other car drivers. And that came and that went. And it came and it went out of awareness. And as we learn to experience being awareness and living in that place where we know that things come and go, it gives a lightness. It doesn't allow us to deny reality. It allows us to interact with reality in real ways. And you'll see that integrative restoration isn't a way of getting away from the world. It's a way of living fully in the real world. Last tool is experiencing your wholeness. Experiencing your wholeness is a way that will help you recognize how every situation is comes at you and arrives with its perfect response. This is very closely connected to awareness. As I am living in this place of being awareness, and I'm helped to do so by these practices of body sensing and breath sensing, welcoming opposites of feeling and emotion, welcoming opposites of thought, welcoming joy and well-being, as I am using these tools that become more and more automatic as we practice them, as we use these tools, we will find that when life comes at us, we know how to respond. We're not running away. We're not aggressively attacking life. We have the right response in the right moment because we're living in the moment, not in the past, not in the future, not in shame, but out of a place of wholeness that is ours. So recognizing and responding with this perfectly paired response allows us to experience real healing, real health, real harmony, and well-being in myself, in ourselves, in yourself, your relationships, and with all of life. In essence, it's peace. I know I was looking for peace, physical peace, emotional peace, cognitive peace, when I went into Barb. And I found it in such a different way than I thought it would. On that on that day, I expected that somehow I had to make these things go away to find peace. When I left, what I learned but probably couldn't articulate that day was that peace was always there. And what I had learned was how to recognize it and how to recognize these symptoms as being in this place of awareness that is always unchanging. And they've come and they've gone. Sometimes they come back. What's different now is the way that I'm able to meet them and be with them. So as you go through these practices in the manner that best works for you, I hope this narrative it's giving you sort of a sense of that this can be life changing, that it can be healing and that it's always there for every one of us. It's not some special group that got it and a special group that didn't. It's always there and always available. In addition to those tools, I want to share some core principles that you'll experience that are very connected to the tools and weave in and out of them. And I guess that you could say that the core principles are are what the tools are built out of. The first is that first principles learn to be welcoming. That was a very important principle on that day when I wanted the sound to just go away. Instead, what Barb had me do was welcome the sound, to listen, to be aware, to be with, to be. It naturally taps into our being. The second principle is to stop judging yourself. I spent a lot of time being very upset with myself for getting a concussion, for not being better fast enough, for wishing away. Uh, what was and for being very angry at what was and myself and learning to be non-judgmental and to welcome what it was, was a very powerful change agent in the process for me and continues to be know that everything is a messenger is the third principle. Everything that comes in, every thought, every feeling, every emotion is a messenger In some ways we've been taught to resist certain things, to push them down, to repress them. What we sort of know is experientially, and, and also as we see it in other people, is that which we repress is often that which we project. What is inside comes out. And so whether or not we want a certain feeling or emotion, the fact is that it's there, whether we wanted that ringing to be there fact is, it's there. So how do I welcome it? As I welcome it, and as I know that it, everything is a messenger, I accept what is. This is sort of living a sane life. When we reject what reality is, it's type. It's a type of insanity when we argue with reality. And sometimes our faith traditions have, have helped us do this. They've helped us argue with reality, and act like what is real is not real. Accepting what is, is a way to be fully present and engage the full resources that we have available in that present moment, which is the only moment that we can ever and always be in. The next principle is to know that you're always doing your best. This is a huge principle, and I reacted against it at first because I spent a lot of time judging myself and beating myself up. But under the circumstances, know that you're always doing your best. Understand the law of awareness. This is that law that we things come in and out of awareness, but awareness is unchanging. And that discover your non-separate wholeness. As you begin to do body sensing and breath sensing, you'll begin to identify how... Things that you felt like were separate, no longer feel, feel nearly as separate. You'll do a a practice where you're looking at your left hand and then your right hand, and then you're feeling them, then you're feeling them separately. Then you're feeling them together. And what will naturally begin to happen is that you will see things as much less separate and much more connected. And the last and perhaps the most important principle is practice a little and often. I've spent weeks in agony since learning I rest and being trained in it because I felt like I had to do everything in order to do anything. And so I just didn't do any of the integrative restoration practices. I didn't use any of the tools. I'd go through sleeplessness again. And it would be at some point of sort of breaking that finally I would say, okay, I'm just going to focus on my jaw. And as I did all of a sudden a wave of relaxation would come through. Or I'm going to focus on just being aware of my breathing, my inhalation, and my exhalation. And as I did that, naturally, the exhalations begin to elongate. And as they elongate what we know from scientific research, and you can read lots of books about this now that are being published, our parasympathetic response system is activated and starts to to release all sorts of wonderful chemicals from that deep breathing, wonderful soothing chemicals into our bloodstream that naturally help us to relax versus short breathing that releases anxiety-inducing cortisol and as we experience that, that's a good thing when you're trying to run from a spooky thing in the woods. But as we go through our days, we're releasing a lot of this in our system and it really takes a toll on our system, it helps us get sick and it helps us be anxious and it helps us be stressed and It helps us um, resist life. And so simply through breathing, we can access our body's natural response to stress and a natural response to help us self-soothe. So practice a little and often. As you learn these techniques, they may start to feel muddled. Come back to things that are simple, body sensing and breath sensing, and you'll find that you will access all of those other pieces as well. doesn't matter where you enter. You're entering some sort of circle, some sort of non-separate part of yourself, and you'll find the wholeness there. I guess the last thing I want to say, if you're still with me here, is thanks so much for being willing to go on this journey. I have every confidence, not only from my own experience, but from that of many others, that you will experience healing. You'll experience fullness at some level that you may not have before, or maybe that you did, but you've moved away from. And that's my goal my primary goal is that you would experience that, that you would live fully and wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, um, and that your your life would be uh, what it is, and that's a, a life lived out of peace and out of wholeness and out of joy, um, and that you would spread that peace and joy and wholeness in your life to others. So thank you for being part of this journey, I guess my <laughs> that was my second to last. wanted to let you know that the scripts that I'm using are part of um, scripts that we have as level one trainers uh, to share with um, those of us, those who are, who are helping. And so I'm not making the scripts up. Of course, my narrative was my narrative. But as I go through the scripts, I may be adjusting some language for audience. Uh, but the Uh, intent of the script. They're scripts that have been written by Richard Miller and his associates and have been used many, many times. And so I also wanted you to sort of know where that's coming from. So thank you once again, and I hope that you experience the deep and satisfying peace and joy and well-being that is your birthright.